In life, we have two choices, to experience or to exist. Every week, each of us makes that choice. To either seek a better way to live or to get by. Walk alongside me each week on the Strive, Seek, Find podcast as we continue to seek our own brilliant future. Welcome to the Strive, Seek, Find podcast. I'm your host, Chance Whitmore. It's been a chaotic month in my world. The death of my dad, the holidays, and work have created one of the more challenging months that I can remember. It's been tough and emotional, and honestly, I'm not going to pretend to be over it. That being said, life continues to strive forward. And while I'm not batting 100, or probably even 60, I thought today I might share some of the things that my father taught me that have helped me over the years. And hopefully, they help you. Now let's get started. Now, we need to keep in mind, this is a short form of some long-term lessons. And in this case, considering the sources, I hold these to be gospel. And as this is going to be emotional, these will probably be shorter than they really need, and most definitely than they really deserve. So, my father led in many different ways through his life. He was a Marine Corps officer during the Vietnam War. He ran a high-altitude seed farm. And let's be honest, as with most kids, he was my hero. And like with most of us, his experiences very much colored how he viewed the world. So tonight I'm going to start with just four. Four life lessons, four leadership lessons that I picked up along the way. This first one is one that I had a hard time grasping and still do from time to time. I can remember telling dad when I called him for advice that there was a hard decision that I had to make and it was going to impact someone's life, several somebody's lives. And it kind of, it hurt. I worried about the impact on people rather than the decision itself. And he stopped me and he looked at me and said, that's not a hard decision. I said, what? Yes, it is. That's a very hard decision. You're dealing with someone's livelihood. You're putting it on the line. Because that's not a hard decision. After you have it, even in the worst case, someone loses their job because of it. The next morning, they wake up. They get out of bed. They get to move on with their life. He says, a hard decision is picking the two kids that you know have the most likelihood to get across the paddy and sending them across a rice paddy where all you can do to protect them is fire over their head, knowing that likely one of them would die. He says, don't tell me the other's a hard conversation or a hard decision. If you're doing it right, maybe that person will come out better for what you're doing. They'll land on their feet somehow but they have a chance. And I'm going to admit, as I said, I lack the frame of reference to truly understand what he meant. 
I tried to. It still felt hard. And yet, I knew he was right. Everybody was walking out of this. And that little bit of change in perception helped a little bit. Next up is one that he modeled for me throughout his life. When starting out on a job, whether you're the boss or not, and especially if you're boss, take the dirtiest job, take the hardest job, and do it as well as you can. Now, the first time I really recognized this is probably when my dad was in his mid-30s. And he had started a different job. And part of this, in order to move the combine between one field or another, because of the type of work that was being done, you had to crawl inside of it and vacuum and poke all of the dust, debris, every last kernel of grain out of it because any contamination was too much. And while he was showing his crew how he wanted it done, he made sure to crawl in there with him and do every bit of the work. Because it earns you something. It earns you respect. And the lesson he never spoke, but I took away from it, is never ask people to do something you're not willing to do yourself. Number three, own your mistakes. No matter how nasty they may be, no matter what it costs you, look the person in the eye and own what you do. Because no matter what happens, you can look yourself in the mirror the next day. The flip side to this same one in my mind, and I learned this from watching him be humble throughout his life, give credit to those around you when things go well. And this one seems simplistic enough. Pick your battles. In life, there are many opportunities to fight. And most of those times are not worth fighting over. Some of the others that are actually worth fighting over are winnable. Others, you have to fight, even if you know you're going to get your ass kicked. Because they are right. I think when most people take a look at pick their battles, they think pick the battles you can win. And a lot of times those aren't the battles that need fought. Sometimes you've got to tilt at windmills and get knocked on your rear end because that's life. Not a bad place to start, eh? One last note, take care of yourselves. Take care of your family and value that time that you have with them. Shoutouts. So this one's a little different than most of my shoutouts. I want to shout out to everyone who reached out and offered sympathy and tried to help in the last few weeks. Those who's offered a listening ear. Those who brought meals. Those who took care of family when I was far away from them. You are all amazing. And I thank you sincerely. Worth mentioning. Today's worth mentioning comes from the intersection of science and history. Specifically how the rich and famous protected their letters during transport. Not in the 1950s. Not even in the 1850s. In the late 1500s. In Jennifer Oliette's article, 
Mary, Queen of Scots, sealed her final missive in an intricate spiral lock from the website Ars Technica. The protection of private information from unwanted eyes is still a problem worldwide. But what we might not have thought about are the lengths that people went to to protect their private letters from tampering in the past. I'm going to stress that I took European and British history about a million years ago. When I was driving my Ford Brontosaurus, of course, and I don't remember ever hearing about this. I knew about wax seals, but this was completely different. To simplify, it's a complex method of folding letters into a lock in such a way that tampering it will tear and mar the letter. There's a lot to it, and the diagrams themselves are impressive. But it's a fascinating look at how our ancestors dealt with the issue of data protection long before we did, and it makes it worth mentioning. And that concludes this edition of Strive, Seek, Find. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode or would just like to support the podcast, here are a few ways you can do it. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. It will help bring more listeners to the podcast. If that isn't your style, you can buy me a coffee or purchase some merch. Links are in the podcast description. Finally, if you have ideas or feedback, please reach out to the Strive Seek Find page on Facebook or to at Chance Whitmore 5 on Twitter. Until next time, keep seeking your own brilliant future. Have a great day.